Last week you couldn't leave him out. Next this week you can't pick him at all. Harry Kane's caused a headache. It's the FPL surgery. Okay, welcome back for episode 117. Coming to you on the 15th of January. 2019 and uh ice i think it's fair to say that harry kane has caused us all a problem yes he's gonna continue to cause us all a problem for all of this week it's splendid we've got more to think about though don't we so it makes it more interesting yes and potentially the we talked about this before didn't we the idea of having a bit more money for your team so let's see how we're going to use it and who better than a man who is a regular on this podcast friend of the surgery Joining us once more, he's had enough appearances to earn himself a mug mat. This man has finished in the top 13k on three occasions. Welcome back, Mr. Ian Horton. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back. Good to have you on board again. How how have things been going acting-wise since we last spoke to you? Uh, Very, yeah, since you last spoke to me, extremely busy. Um, Still got another six weeks to go at the Natural History Museum in the play The Wider Earth, which is about Charles Darwin's voyage on the Beagle, uh, which has been a great experience. So uh, still tickets available. So... um, have a look at have a look it up and uh, and get down to the Natural History Museum in the next four weeks, six weeks. Yeah, go and watch Horts and shout for transfer advice from the, uh, from the <laughs> audience. It will help him. That would be massively. Um, Horts, what about FPL then? The small matter of how's that been since the last time we saw you? Well, it was it was going all right up until about five weeks ago. I'd, I'd managed to get myself up to about seventeen thousand. Um, obviously, after another top ten k finish and uh, and and hopefully you know improve on the best ever. But then I I didn't have that triumvirate of Pogba, Salah and Son when they went bonkers for that four week period. Dropped me down to about 160,000. Unfortunately, uh, had a good week this week and I'm back up to 117,000 now and, and hopefully uh, going to make inroads back towards that top 10k. Kick on from there. Excellent stuff. Well, you're a consistent high finisher. Look forward to see how you're going to solve the Kane conundrum yourself. Um, headlines for the week, Iceman. We've got five of them as usual. This is a questions podcast. We've uh, done fixtures ones in recent weeks. So our headlines, number one, Kane injury and potential replacements and or transfer of funds to midfield. Number two, with expensive defenders and strikers not firing, is it time to go for a five-man premium midfield? Very tasty. Uh, number three, is it too early to start planning for blank or double game weeks? We'll touch on wild cards in that one. Uh, United in victory, but which Red Devil midfielder provides the most potential? And number five, TAA has hit the hay. We look at replacements and how this might affect Liverpool's defensive output, although I think if they just stuck Robertson and Virgil van Dijk at the back, they'd probably still do okay so chaps let's uh, just see how we got on in the last game week Horts uh, as guest I'll let you go first on this how did you how did you fare yeah it was a great relief actually I didn't didn't make any moves I wanted to save a free transfer um, so so I've got two going into this week um, s- s- sort of stood pat with my team wasn't overly convinced it was going to be a good week but ended up with 71 large shoe through captaining Salah, got me the 22. Yeah. Uh, and then three guys at the back, Fabianski, 
Dean and Robertson all came in with scores and obviously Wan Bissaka with his amazing three bonus points, which was extremely handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and an assist for Pogba. So it all added up to, to 71 in total. So uh, quite chuffed with that. And I say a raise of about 40,000 in the rankings, which uh, was well needed. Very nice. Yeah, the people that would have uh, captained maybe Kane or uh, gone with Aguero if it had them back in the side or maybe even Hazard. Yeah, so Salah. Gut, did you see the, the game, um, Hortz, or any highlights in the Liverpool game? I saw match of the day. That was all, because the trouble is with show schedule, it's very hard to see any games live at the moment. But, uh, yeah, caught it on match of the day, yeah. Did you see uh, Salah painstakingly chip it wide towards the end? He went for one of his <laughs> oh. finishes of last season. Well, I mean, to be honest, you watch match of the day and you, and you watch your guys. I mean, Pogba with the Lloris, with the Lloris yeah. tip over the bar and, yeah. and Richarlison as well hit the, hit the post. So, yeah, yeah. There, there were a number, I have to say, over the week weekend where if they'd gone right it could have been over in, in, in one of those sort of three figure weeks but um, them's the breaks ifs buts and maybes of FPL Iceman what were your tactics and how did you fare yeah I mean I, overall I, I fared really well but I look back at the week and feel like I've failed myself because I had uh, two Christ. transfers. Because oh, I had gosh. had two transfers just burning a hole in my pocket. And I, I spoke on the podcast. I said about Fabianski. I said, yeah, he's worth keeping. I reckon everyone should keep him. And I didn't know what to do. I, I was going to bring in TAA, who we found out, obviously, is now injured for a month. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to keep hold of Shaw, Dean, and Doherty, and Robertson. So there wasn't anyone I needed to remove. So I thought, well, everyone's saying Fabianski's not doing very well. I'm in the kind of same boat, but based on their Christmas schedule, I feel like it might be due to that. But I thought, well, they've got some tricky fixtures coming up as well. And the Palace keeper, I thought, well, yeah, I could bring it, um, make some more money for myself as well. He's not got some bad fixtures and I'll be wildcarding probably at the end of his good fixtures. So I brought in him and obviously he got injured at halftime. So I lost out on that nine points, which Fabianski got against Arsenal. But I'm glad we did recommend uh, Alex to, to start him. Cause, we uh, did. We did. Yeah, he started him in the end against uh, Arsenal and uh, we got nothing from it. But yeah, I captained Salah, had Rashford, Sane, Robertson, Dean and Shaw getting me a nice eight points oh, as well. Defensive uh, masterclass. I did bench the uh, the Wolves players in terms of Jimenez and Doherty and that kind of worked out because they got a point each so I've got 78 in the end and I am up to 6,637 overall now so yeah going strong but I'm still looking back at it thinking annoying I could have been a lot further up absolutely flying mate ifs buts and maybes um, yeah in hindsight you know against yeah. Arsenal you'd have fancied Arsenal to score at least one and uh, to West Ham's credit they were excellent Declan Rice uh, staking his claim for that future place in the Manchester City midfield, though I do hope he, <laughs> yeah. I do don't, hope he's... don't even go. <laughs> I, do you know what Horst? Are, are we not going to talk? Are we not going to talk in depth about that game then on Saturday? No, we'll just skip what? past it, Horst. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah, right. No, I have to say, I think he benefit from a season and a half at least more at West Ham before he goes on to City. Fernandinho's not done there yet, and I think he, he played so well at the weekend. It would do him good to have a good two years getting the England team. What, what are your thoughts on Rice well, as a he's, fan? He's a phenomenal player. I mean, I, I mean, he's just turned twenty on Monday, uh, yeah. and the the work rate he's been putting in this season. I mean, he's he's almost the most valuable player. Whenever you watch West Ham play live, the the interceptions and the tackles he makes is just so 
clean yeah. and clinical. And, you know, for those of us that, that are old enough um, and have seen footage of the great man, you know, it, it, obviously he's only 20. It's far too early. But you see the footage of Bobby Moore and what he was capable of doing in that West Ham shirt. And, um, you know, y- you look at Rice and you go, well, he's a future West Ham captain and you hope he's going to be there for donkey's years. I mean, he's, was it, six-year contract he's just signed a couple of weeks ago. Um, so hopefully he'll be there longer than that two that you're expecting, Billy. Just being realistic, of course. But yeah, no, hope he hope he does. He'd be West Ham legend, couldn't he? And he uh, he loves Mark Noble as well. That was nice to see in the interview afterwards. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure we'll speak more about that Arsenal game later. So I didn't do as well as you two. I only got 58 points. Uh, I had the Salah captaincy. I stuck with Dean at uh, in defence uh, for Everton and just purely from an attacking perspective. And he's so impressive. If you ever watch Everton games, I saw the game against Bournemouth on the uh, on the Sunday and just bombing down the flanks. Just a shame Richarlison can get on the end of uh, more of those crosses. But I think he's a great prospect going forward, Dean. Um, and I have Fabianski in goal as my other high scorer. So... That was it, unfortunately. Um, nothing from Aubameyang and Kane for the first time in a few game weeks, so shame there. But um, still uh, about nine above the average, and I moved up uh, a reasonable amount of places, so I was quite happy with that. Joel, before we get on to the questions, to, just to mention, you can support the podcast by uh, going to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Thank you for the ongoing support of all of our patrons to date. Uh, Peter Entwistle joined us uh, on the Slack level in the, uh, the last uh, week. Uh, it's been really getting involved in discussions on Slack. So welcome, Peter. The Iceman asked him how he's finding it after half a week, and he said, it's only been a few days. I've enjoyed it so far. Very friendly and positive environment. I've been made to feel very welcome. Really easy to bounce ideas off top managers. Everyone offers very honest feedback. Uh, it's also a great platform to gain insight into what other managers are thinking, thoughts behind their upcoming transfers. I've already seen a number of just suggestions that I hadn't considered before. So thank you for that feedback, Peter, and we look forward to having you as part of our Patreon community. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Thanks for coming on board. It's nice to have you. Sure. Let's get down to business. The first headline, Kane injury and potential replacements and or transfer of funds to midfield. So do you go for the straight swap up top or do you plough that money back into the middle? Horts, do you want to lead us off with your thoughts on this issue? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's obviously one that's troubling me. I brought Harry Kane in about three weeks ago, ready for this fantastic run, starting with Fulham this weekend. But it's obviously not to be. I mean, the obvious choice, uh, the man in form, is Rashford. But obviously, a lot of people may already have him. They you know, and, and Kane as, as, a, as an upper limit guy and, and Rashford as one of the lower guys. Uh, I think Rashford is the move for me because I don't currently own him and it, he's the form guy. If you are looking at a straight replacement in the similar sort of region monetary wise, um, Abamyang still stands out. I mean, he's got great stats. He's just, I mean, looking at the game on Saturday, he didn't have the service. It was a very odd team. I mean, you guys will have a better reflection on the, the team that Emery put out at West Ham. It did seem an odd team when I saw the lineups before kickoff. Mm-hmm. If he he can get the service i mean he's two out of the next three are a little bit tricky but his game weeks in 26 to 28 are absolutely fantastic um and he's a very very good punt if you already own rashford the other guy i would look at is roberto Firmino. liverpool have got a nice little schedule coming up uh, he's a bit streaky he obviously had that amazing game uh, where he scored the hat trick two or three weeks ago uh, but to me, he's not consistent enough. And of course, he's yeah, he's a forward playing in midfield as opposed to Salah being a, a midfielder playing as a forward. So you don't get the extra bonus for that. 
And of course, the new quandary at Manchester City. I mean, you would have said Sergio Aguero a week or so ago, but suddenly um, Jesus is is bang in form and you figure that those two are going to be rotated. And if you were trying to guess which one is going to start any given week, well, you're a better man than me, to be honest. So to me, it's really... If you're going for the same price, Aubameyang's the guy to to target. Um, obviously, if you're going cheaper and you don't currently own him, it would be Rashford. Um, apart from that, I would be looking... I mean, I know it's the next question, but I would be looking to certainly manoeuvre funds into my midfield. Well, let me just come back to you on that, uh, that City discussion there, where a lot of people are looking at... Just because Jesus started the last game and Aguero didn't, he was obviously benched, but he's just come back from an illness, hasn't he, Aguero? And whether or not he was just being rested for that, it was it was against Wolves, it was at home. Yeah, no I mean, my thought is that, that if he was being rested for being ill, that's fair enough, but his replacement scores two goals and he's, he's banging form. And it's one of those things, you've now got an option, whereas before this season, Jesus wasn't really in form so Aguero was sort of almost there by default now you've got two guys equally capable and with you know fixtures coming up um, you know more European games coming up and, and all that sort of stuff you can easily see a rotation coming into play there that's the only problem yeah but he did score two goals uh, in game week 17 against Everton he did play the game after that at 90 but after that he got zero minutes then 17 minutes then zero minutes again so mm. it's not to say that that is going to change things I think Aguero is going to come straight back in a lot of people are a bit wary of the rotation but I think Aguero is going to take all the premiership games he is the better player out of the two that is hands down I don't think anyone can argue about that even Jesus even Jesus came off the pitch and actually said he's the better striker he was in an interview didn't hear it all but uh, just got the the hint of he's the better striker but I can come in when needed obviously he was needed that game and he did well he got the finish obviously there was a uh, a sending off so it kind of made the game completely void and it was like a training match in the end but I think that Guerrero is going to be an option I'm not saying that I'm going to bring him in just because we know about the blank game week coming up in game week 27 if they go through the Carabao Cup against Burton which they're 9-0 up currently so <laughs> if you know if Burton uh, win 10-0 in the, in the next game they won't be but other than that they, they will be blanking in game week 27 versus Everton so that is a thought when you're thinking about these City players whether you've got one or not it's doubling up it's uh, whether or not you can keep two on the bench or you know, move them out for that game week that is a little bit of a worry but in the next two games, they, they've got Huddersfield and Newcastle. Yeah, you know, they're two of the worst defensive teams at the moment. Newcastle worst for shots on target uh, in the last four as well. So there's, I reckon there's going to be a few goals. Granted, they're both away games. After that, they've obviously got Arsenal and Chelsea at home. Two home games against teams which can be up and down, especially Arsenal. Anyone can score against them. But I do feel like there was a lot of points in here for Sergio. And I don't think people should be that put off by the rotation that could go around. Obviously, we know it with City. That's what happens. Rotation happens. But we still have the likes of Sane, Sterling in our teams. And we do think they're, they're good assets, whether they're going to get rotated or not. I mean, Sane could get rotated against Huddersfield. It's just going to happen. That's, you know, you just got to accept it. He's just going to score well other games. I mean, he got 10 and 8 points in the last two games. So you just kind of accept it for what it is. And I think that Aguero still is a great option, even though he could get rotated. But I just don't think it's going to be as much as people think just because Jesus started the last game and uh, Aguero was on the bench. 
Interesting, yeah. So um, I, I think I'm in the same position as you, Iceman. I'm not that put off by Sergio Aguero. I think these next two games they've got, they could score big. And even if he came on as a sub for the last 20 minutes, he could conceivably get, you know, two goals or an assist. So I think he'd be a good value there. Just to, to answer the second part of their headline then. So Marcus Rashford is banging form for United at the moment. If you pick him up instead of Kane, that gives you, you know, about four or five million to invest back into the midfield. So Hortz, what do you think about that angle? Cheaper striker, it's more expensive midfield. Yeah, I think that's the avenue I'm going to go down, say bringing in Rashford for Kane, freeing up the funds. Um, it's just a question of obviously where you go, whether you double up on certain teams or whether you cherry pick from a number of teams that have got good fixtures, certainly over the next couple of weeks, for example. Uh, Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, uh, Everton and City have all got a really nice couple of fixtures and some of them have got obviously more than two. They've got three and four going on into the future, decent fixtures. Um so if you're looking at something like a, a Pogba, a Salah, then one of your City mids, one of the Spurs mids, for example, and Ali and Ericsson, one of those guys who you've got to figure if Spurs are going to take advantage of this nice little run they've got in Kane's absence, one of them's got to step up. Either they'll go in their shells and they'll be awful, or one of those has got to step up. And then maybe a Richarlison or someone like that who... He's still, I mean, just going by the highlights, I didn't see the full game, was getting chances. He hit the post. Uh, they've yeah, got good fixtures. Chance. So, yeah, if you can put a lineup like that out, you know, with those five guys or, you know, cherry picking amongst those teams, you can put a very, very solid five man midfield out there. And then you're not having to worry too much about the strikers. Um, you know, if you've got someone like Rashford who's banging form, you can play a, 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 you know, a four, five, one or something like that or a three, five, two. Um, and have the strength back in the mid. And of course, mids tend to score higher for goals as well, and they get the clean sheets, and there's, there's all the advantages that we know playing FPL that midfielders have over strikers. I, th- I think the if you're looking at the replacement, just we'll go back to the replacement question. So if you haven't got Rashford now, and you've got Kane, I feel like Rashford's probably the best option. I've already got Rashford, so I'm going to be looking at other options. But Rashford is is the one to have. He's he's banging form at the moment. He's top for attempts on goal in the last four of eighteen, top for shots on target with fifteen over the last six. So he's just showing that he is with these fixtures for Man United. He's the main guy. And if you haven't got him, I would bring him in. And that does kind of open up a lot of money for you as well. So like you say, you can you can fill your midfield as well. But that yeah. does kind of limit you when, just say you want came back in a few weeks' time or whenever he comes back, you know, you have to release a lot of funds from somewhere and you're going to have to choose one of those big heavy hitters. Or if you've spread it amongst, amongst the midfielders, that makes it a little bit more difficult to bring Kane back in. Whereas- it does, but then, I mean, Kane's going to be out from what we've heard today, six, five, six weeks. And mm. that's a long time. Yeah, that's March, a long time. And it, and it does give you time to plan, especially if Spurs are going to be dealing with double game weeks, uh, which we'll be talking about shortly, where yeah, there's every chance that they might be. Then, yeah, you're going to want him back in for a double game week. But you've got time to plan for that. It's not like he's he's going to be out for a week or two uh, and you're going to have to quickly do a switch back. I think you monitor it. You keep an eye on his progress. And, and then, yes, if you need to make the move, you save a, save a free transfer. And maybe with a couple of free transfers and even, even maybe a minus four, you can do that surgery that you need to do to get him back yeah, fairly uh- easily. I think I, I agree. It's, uh, and also Kane's a bit of a, a slow starter, isn't he, when he comes back from memory? I'm, mm. 
So yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's some, um, I mean, my choice now is I've already got Rashford. So I feel like people that have already got Rashford, I would go Aubameyang. But if you've already got Aubameyang, then that, that's where it gets even trickier. I suppose Aguero would be coming into your thinking, but Aubameyang still, a lot of people are thinking about removing him just based on the last game alone. I don't think you should do that because obviously Arsenal were not playing very well against West Ham. West Ham played awesome against us in terms of de- defensive display, but he is still right up there on the stats. He's still one of the highest goal scorers. His Premier League uh, record at the Emirates is awesome overall. And we've got how many? One, two, three, four home games in the next six. So obviously we've got some tricky games in terms of Chelsea and Man City, but I can still see him scoring in any game. It always gets a, a good chance in every game. So I still feel like Aubameyang is my main option, which I'm going to go for. And at the moment, I feel like I will be going Aubameyang. And uh, he's also above Rashford uh, for form at the moment. If you look at um, FPL form, you know, just on the, the stats on there, he's above him on that. And also Arsenal are top for the last four Rex G, believe it or not. I know it doesn't seem like we, we are, but we are creating the chances. We're just not scoring them, and he's been missing a few lately. Not exactly banging in form in the last two, Aubameyang, but I can see some points in these next six. If you look at it over the next six games, I feel like he is still a really good option. Okay, well, let's uh, let's segue this into the second question, I suppose, the second headline, because uh, we're starting to talk about midfield options here. So headline two, with expensive defenders and strikers not firing, a la Alonso, etc., is it time to go for a five-man premium midfield? Um, and Bjorn uh, Christofferson has said, hazard, sell or hold, and uh, who's the best midfielder, five million or under? So let's uh, address that first question. I mean, Hawks, my, my opinion on Hazard, well, he got his assist at the weekend. With Kane out, he might be one that you can upgrade a player to in midfield if you still like the look of Chelsea and potentially picking up some form again. Um, what are your thoughts on Hazard? He's a weird one, isn't he? I mean, because when he when he's on form and and he's and he's banging them in, he's the guy you absolutely want in your team. But he's so streaky, and he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to be able to work this being the the, the false nine. He's he seems to be much better when he's got someone up ahead of him um, playing off him. Um, that's a worry for me, to be honest. And uh, he's always capable of a double figure haul, but when he doesn't get his double figure hauls, I don't know. He's a bit meh for what for the price he costs. Um, yeah, if you're going to load your five man midfield, he's certainly one of the guys you would look to put in there. Their fixtures again are a bit so so. I mean, Arsenal away, it's the sort of game where he could go off. Um, they've got Man City coming up very shortly, but I suppose actually spread around. You've got Huddersfield at home, Brighton at home. So he's he's the sort of guy. I mean, if the question was hold, I if you've got him, yeah, probably hold him. But I wouldn't go barreling in to pick him up necessarily. I think there's more potent guys with better fixtures um, that you'd be angling at. Uh, one of the City guys, obviously someone like a Pogba, certainly Mo Salah, they would certainly come into my thinking ahead of Hazard. Yeah, that's that's really my feelings on Hazard. I had him earlier on in the season for uh, sort of two or three weeks and missed the big scores and then you, you're very keen to get rid of him when you've got him. He's, he's one of those sort of players. Yeah, I spent, what do you think about Hazard? Yeah, see, he's the biggest FPL troll, which I repeatedly say constantly, nearly every episode to talk about him. But just feel like if you've got him, you've probably got just got to keep him. 
I mean, like, he's a potential for me to bring in this week. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna. He can score against Arsenal. There's no problem in that. After that, they've got Bournemouth Huddersfield. So, I would definitely be keeping him at the moment. But like Hort said, it's a bit of a streaky player. It's just Chelsea, before this last game, in the last 10 league games, they only scored 11, 11 goals. Liverpool on 28, Spurs 27, United 24, Man City 23 and Arsenal 21. So, they are way behind for, for scoring stats recently. William and Pedro look like they're back now. So, whether or not that will keep Hazard up front. And Sarri did want to turn him into that Mertens type role. That was working for a slight period. Now it seems to have dipped as well. It's just... Mm. I can see he's such a good player. You can see it from... He only got the one attempt in the last game though. He obviously got the assist, but that's not enough for me. And for that price, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily sell, um, and I'm unsure about uh, buying, but... Potentially, you could. He just he, he could explode in any any game. Yeah. That's the problem. I mean, he's still the second highest scoring midfielder in the game. I mean, yeah. he's, <laughs> it's one of those sort of things. But it, it's very interesting with what, as you say, Chelsea aren't scoring prolifically. Uh, looks like Morata is completely out of favour there now. But but still, Sarri refuses to play Giroud or, or doesn't seem to start Giroud. Be interesting if the rumours of Wilson going to Chelsea pan out. Whether or not he'd go straight in the lineup and allow Hazard to go back to the number ten role. Yeah. Uh, that could be interesting but again that's all ifs buts and maybes for potentially the next couple of weeks um, to see where the chips fall on on the Wilson move or potential Wilson move but yeah Hazard he's, he's a bit of an enigma isn't he yeah he has got six double digit returns so far this season as well he is he is one of these players which I feel like if you've got him just, just keep him and I'm sure at some point uh, I'm going to want him in as well yeah, okay, so that's uh, thinking about Hazard into that five-man sort of premium midfield. Hawks, who else would you, if you were to throw a few names out, who else would fit a five-man premium midfield for you? A, fi- a five-man premium mid? I mean, say, I, I would be looking at one of the City guys, be it Sterling, Sane, or if you really wanted to have a flyer, because he, <laughs> he looked like a man on a mission last night, De Bruyne. One of the Spurs guys, potentially Ericsson or Ali. If you didn't have the funds maybe a lamella i'm not quite sure what mura's position is coming back from his injury but again he could well be playing up top um don't fancy Laurenti though um <laughs> pogba from man united for me most salaries is almost the, we talk about must-haves but i think the way salary is performing at the moment he he falls into that bracket and i would be tended tempted to ride richarlison for a, for a couple of weeks um, which gives you a fairly solid lineup, but if you but if you're going even more expensive, then swap Richarlison for a Hazard, and that's a stonking lineup in your midfield. Yeah, so nice man. just speaking about each one of them which you listed there. If we go to, uh, I mean, you listed Mora. He had a, a knock, which he said on Twitter was quite painful, and he's doing treatment for it. So he said to be ready as soon as possible. So I wouldn't necessarily go him at the moment. It was when Kane is out. It was when Ali steps up, which I kind of looked into, yeah. and uh, there was a, a tweet by a guy called Awesomeo. He said Spurs have managed without Kane. Going back to 2016-2017, they played 14 games, uh, 10 wins, 3 draws and 1 loss. And the scores were Ali with 10, Son with 8, Christian Eriksen with 3, etc. So it just shows that Ali does step up when Kane goes away. So he is in my thinking in terms of midfielders at the moment. I mean, Son is going to be a big miss also, and Kane. you just got to keep in mind they do have Sissoko out as well. 
and uh, Dembele might be leaving as well. So they've got a load of games coming up in terms of Champions League. We don't know if Levy's going to actually invest and bring any more in. That is at the back of my mind not to go Spurs in that case, but knowing that Ali steps up when Kane goes away, it does it does tempt me to bring him in. I've got the choice at the moment whether to bring him in or Pogba, and I'm highly leaning towards Pogba based on what he's doing at the moment. I mean, if you disregard Son, Pogba's top for form, if you look on FPL stats as well, he's got six attempts in, in the Spurs game alone, which was second behind Kane on seven. And he's top for shots for midfielders over the last four of 19, four for midfielders for chances created with 11. I mean, I just feel like I, I need to have Pogba in now and... If Pogba wasn't there, I, I feel like I would definitely bring in Ali. I, I was actually looking away to bringing in both of them. Um, Ali is a bit more of a, of a risk because obviously you're just hoping that he suddenly hits form now that Kane's gone. But Pogba seems a bit more secure and give a more of a safer option. But if we if we move just quickly on to Salah again, we've got to keep in mind that he's got a few penalties recently, so he has got a little bit lucky. He is still getting the stats and he is still playing well. And he's always looking for goals, Salah. You know, he's, even when some players are in better options than him, he just seems to go for goal regardless. And obviously his pen was good, but if Button did go the right way and did get a hand to it, so he's just hit it so hard, uh, um, just couldn't save it. But he did miss a, a sitter as well, didn't he, Salah, as you said at the start of the pod. But he is kind of a captain option constantly, especially for the next four. You could almost leave your captain on him. And again, I'm going to reiterate this. He plays number nine, playing in midfield, playing for one of the best teams in the country, Liverpool top of the league. So you've got to say that they're one of the best. And obviously he gets the clean sheet for the goal as well. And he is on pens and he has had five uh, double digit hauls in the last seven. And Liverpool got some good fixtures coming up. So he, yeah, like you say, he's almost essential for me. Yeah, just to, um, to offer a few sort of cheaper players to line that with. Um, I actually, for all this talk of City players, I still really like the look of Bernardo Silva recently. He's only 7.6. I think of all of those players, if you want someone that's nailed, that he's only not played one game in the league for, for City or started at least this season. And he does chip in with the goals and the assists. So I think if you wanted extra City cover for the few games they've got, well, all the games they've got coming up, but particularly the ones where you fancy them to go go quite high, I think he'd be quite a nice one to have in your in your midfield. The other one I'm going to add to that as well as a cheaper option. Now, this is, this is going to be jumping on a bandwagon here, but Samir Nasri signed for West Ham. I was listening to the interview of Pellegrini afterwards, and he said, basically, we've got no one to play in the number 10 position at the moment. Everyone's injured. Samir's the only one. I want to get, get him back to the player he was a few years ago, which I think is unlikely. Having said that, in an attacking West Ham lineup that looks quite exciting, I think as he gains fitness, um, he won't be a bad one to have as a cheaper option. I know the, uh, the, the, the question we had was about 5 million and under, but at 5.5 million, Samir Nasri is on my radar as a potential uh, enabler of cash for other positions. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with the Bernardo Silva one, just because the lack of shots he has. Uh, he obviously gets the game time, and he's way behind Salah and Sane there. But yeah, uh, Nazri could become a really good option. He obviously provided a few chances in the Arsenal-West Ham game and got the assist. I reckon he could be worth a punt for someone who's who's looking at a differential type player. Very much so. I, I uh, obviously watched the highlights with great interest on Saturday. Um, 
and he was pr- providing all of that hold-up play and making those absolutely amazing passes. Just uh, so, I mean, he's he looks like a, a total assist dream coming up. And you mentioned getting into match fitness; it's been interesting. He's been training with the squad for the last two months, and the the feedback that I've heard listening to a couple of the West Ham podcasts is the fact that a lot of the squad were actually applauding him off the training pitch. This was before he'd even signed because of the, the work he was doing on the training pitch. Mm, he came in a bit stodgy a couple of months ago, but he's worked off that fat and he is now match fit and ready to go. And it was literally waiting for the January transfer window to tick over. And it was interesting. We sort of announced his signing, I think on January the 1st or January the 2nd. Couldn't wait to get him into the team. So I think he's more match ready than you would than you would expect and um, yeah I think he could be an absolute wonderful enabler if you're not going sort of a big five-man midfield certainly at the moment I would say he's he's surpassed Snodgrass uh, as that sort of West Ham enabler in the midfield what about Anderson Anderson's of course a little bit more expensive isn't he he's he's up 7.3 and Felipe Anderson is is certainly the He's, I suppose, the more talented. He's the the guy with the flair, and he doesn't mind having a crack. I think you're going to get goals from Anderson, whereas Nasri strikes me as he's going to be the guy that provides the assists. Yeah, I've got the dilemma now. I've got Anderson, and he's the one which I'm looking at moving out for the likes of Pogba Ali. But he's playing Bournemouth next, and he does get a load of chances. He's just blanked in the last three is it yeah he's kind of due, got a couple of so-so fixtures and then liverpool um and then another couple of decent ones before man city so sort of four out of the next six are okay and then the three following that are pretty good as well so it's it's not a horrendous fixture list and you could easily bench him for the liverpool and man city games mm. um the big question there of course i've got is uh what is going to happen regarding arnautovic by the looks of it he's off to china yeah. um rumblings going on at west ham and it's going to be interesting to see quite how we line up without Arnie and see who lands where you know Anderson may get pushed out to the wing we may play Andy Carroll which again could change the the whole way we play so it's it's a little bit wait and see for me if you've got him I'd hold him but but I wouldn't go charging in on West Ham players at the moment I'd see what happens with the Arnautovic situation and then make some decisions based on that yeah that's that's the decision that's why I'm feeling like I, I need to remove him to bring in the likes of Pogba which is He's just looking one of the best midfielders to have, Pogba. Let's, uh, I'm just going to move it back to um, Richarlson. Uh, a lot of people are looking at moving him out as well. And he has been blanking recently as well. But he should have had a goal in the Leicester game and in the Bournemouth game. He had one cleared off the line. He is getting the chances and he is uh, second behind Pogba for shots on goal with 14. Uh, if you're looking at the value below him, it's not great in terms of who you've got to choose from. You've got Anson, which is probably another option. Frazier would probably be the guy who, I, who I'd go for. He's getting still loads of uh, chances created in the last four. He's top for midfielders. But then it'll be Sigerson, Pereira, maybe Marshall, who's gone off a little bit. Yeah, there's not, I'd, I'd rather keep Michelle, and they've got good, some good fixtures. He is starting up front still. He's getting some chances nearly every game. He got four in the last one. So I am hanging on to Richardson for now. Yeah, he's, uh, he's in one. I've got the same conundrum as you, Iceman, between uh, Felipe Anderson and Richarlison. If I uh, go for a cheaper, cheaper striker, then that K money will be used to upgrade one of those two. However, I might just go Aguero and keep the faith in those two players with their fixtures. So it's a it's a tricky one. Mm. Um, let's move on to because again, I think this will move nicely into um, our next point of discussion. 
Is it too early to start planning for blank and or double game weeks? Now, we've had some questions uh, concerning wildcard, which seems quite fitting here. So, Paul Mullins, how many transfers justify playing the wildcard? Jeffrey uh, Jebakuma, thoughts on an early wildcard? And Kelvin, uh, can you... Sorry, that's at gain C underscore KC. Can you share your chip strategies for double game week and BGW? And what teams has so what teams has confirmed to play in these special game weeks? So, should we do the first one? How many transfers justify a wild card? Or mm. should we go first on that? If well, if you're going for an early wild card, which obviously that that's what the question uh, intimates, I you know you really got to be looking at five, six, seven, something like that. I would have thought to justify it. Because ideally, you know, uh, normal FPL brains trust would say, hang on to that wild card and use it for the doubles and the blanks when they come up. Um, so I would say a minimum of five, but ideally you want to be looking at six or seven. It, it's got to be fairly drastic to use it this early, I would say. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You've got to be looking at these blank game weeks and double game weeks. And we kind of know Ben Quill has been on it as usual. Ben Quillen on, on Twitter just showing that the blank game week is game week 27. That's for the EFL Cup final, the blank game week is also on game week 31. So that's for the FA Cup quarterfinals. And then there's a double game week that will be in game week 32. Then there'll be a blank in game week 33. And then a double in game week 35. So also there'll be another double somewhere else. We just don't know when that is yet. That needs to be rescheduled. So you're going to need your wild card for this. And I feel like if you just need to take a hit or two to get out of this little mess which Kane and uh, TAA have put us in, then I would just do that. In fact, I wouldn't take a hit for a defender, but uh, for Kane maybe. But just hanging on to your wildcard for all this busy fixtures with the blanks and the doubles, I just think it's going to be vital towards the end of the season. It's always the time where you see all the all the pro managers, how, however you call them, they're not really pros, but you know all, all the invested managers really do capitalise on. That's where they uh, get ahead of all the casuals, where they've saved all their chips and they know when they're going to use them and they structure a plan of how they're going to use them so that's exactly what I'm, I'm going to do at the moment I've, I've got some thinking which I might be doing for all my chips but I'm, I'm not settled on it yet and you've got ages to decide on it I just think just don't let them go uh, willy-nilly don't just get rid of them because you're going to need them through this period and that's when you can really capitalize on it so okay well let's go on to our next uh, headline then so united in victory but which red devil midfielder provides the most potential horse so we've, we've touched a bit on united already um pogba's i suppose led the thoughts of what we've been saying but yeah there's lingards in there there's martials there's sanchez even do any of them sort of take your fancy above pogba um, no, Pogba's the man, I think, to be honest with you. I mean, I've got Martial at the moment and I'm actually thinking of actually moving him out because if I'm bringing Rashford in, I don't particularly want three Man United players. Uh, Martial sort of flattered to deceive a little bit and I think he's the guy that could be uh, potentially um, clobbered when it comes to rotation uh, with Lukaku obviously being back, back available and that sort of thing. So I, I, with the stats and just the... The renewed vigour that he appears to have, I wouldn't be looking beyond Pogba. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There's, the stats are uncomparable. It's just he absolutely floors Martial at the moment. Martial's obviously going through a bit of a dip. He, I do think he's pivotal to United going forward in terms of attacking and getting on that to counter-attack. He does seem to uh, you know, spread the play for, for them as well. and he, he is a good option up there. But if you're looking over the last four, Pogba's got 19 attempts to Martial.
shells four. For an attacking player, you, you don't want four attempts. You want more than that, don't you? Obviously, he's only played the three three games, so he's had one less game than, than Pogba. But chances created, Pogba's also had 11, like I said, and Marshall's only five. So, yeah, not great stats for me. And no, I'll stay away from him. In terms of Lingard, again, not really up there. He looks to be the one which uh, wins the ball back at the moment. He's got some good tactics going on there, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They highlighted it on Match of the Day. And he looks to be the one that's interfering with the play and then getting the ball going, uh, moving out to the likes of Marshall and, and Rashford. So, yeah, it's Pogba all day long for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that as well. Pogba's looking really good um, at the moment and a renewed vigour to his play, definitely. OK, um, so TAA has hit the hay. Uh, we need to look at replacements and how this might affect Liverpool's defensive output. Um, horse, is this a, a issue that's affected you? FPL mediocrity. <laughs> oh, if you'd asked me this yesterday, it would have been absolutely categorically no. But <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I fell for the same thing that I believe um, FPL General did, as I, I, I called a, a bit of his podcast earlier on today. I had Alonso. I'd given up on Alonso. Alexander Arnold was the guy I was definitely bringing in this week. Uh, get that double Liverpool defence to go with Robertson. Nice. Um, Alonso was going down last night. Alexander Arnold was supposed to be going up. So I did the move and then, of course, heard this morning that Alexander Arnold is out for four weeks. So an absolute knife to the heart. Um, and I, <laughs> I've not. I've, I've not brought myself to look at it since then. It's just been, um, <laughs> oh, no. it's just been a, a, a tale of woe. So the, the free transfer that I saved last week, I've, I've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous and, and got myself in a worse situation having used it. Um, I, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Alexander-Arnold has obviously missed a few games. Um, guys have come in. Obviously, Lovren's done a, a, a good deal. Gomez has come in. I think in terms of Liverpool's stoutness and stability at the back, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at a direct Liverpool replacement, obviously Lovren's up there and he's, he, he doesn't have the same attacking threat, but he's a little bit cheaper so he can save some money. Um, but there are guys out there, obviously Dina, um, the likes of uh, Wan-Bissaka is, is just doing in, immense work at Crystal Palace. So there are people out there at the, the similar sort of price that you can certainly bring if, if you haven't got them or invest in Liverpool. That's certainly what my intention was. And I may even shift to Lovren, probably not this week. I'll probably have to suck it up this week, uh, but maybe move to him next week and, and take the double Liverpool defence that way. I swear, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's uh, with TAA. It does uh, depend on who you've got in your team at, at the time. Obviously, we had FPL mediocrity. What did he put on now? He put the, uh, who is the the best uh, Alonso replacement but now that TAA is out as well. And he's got Dean, Doherty and Robertson. So it's tricky, really. I mean, like you can look at the likes of Pereira, who's out of position. He seems to be playing well at the moment. He's got six goal involvements over the season, 12 chances created, seven clean sheets, and he's playing out of position at times. So uh, he's looking good. You can look at... Um, so it'll be Doherty, Dean. Going lower than that, obviously it'll be the likes of Wambasaka. There are options in terms of Cardiff seem to be keeping clean sheets recently. And they've got some pretty good fixtures coming up. And obviously you've got to be thinking of when you're wildcarding. Look at kind of the fixtures that are going up to when you're looking at using your wildcard. Say just for the likes of you losing your, using your wildcard in Game Week 31. Cardiff got some good fixtures all the way up to Game Week 31. And they're keeping some clean sheets at the moment. So who's to say that Sol Bamba is not going to be an option? He's only 2.6% owned. 
There, there are a few. It just it depends on your team and who you've got, really. I mean, like, sure, he's in my team. He seems to be an option now for Man United, and they've got some good fixtures as well. Okay, yeah, so a few uh, potential options there to solve the TAA conundrum with. Uh, let's roll on to the main questions from the pod now. So I think David uh, Hallinan's question that was asked around, now Son is away and Kane is out, uh, is there more value elsewhere in the Spurs team like Lamella? I think we've already answered that one earlier on. We've then got the topic of Liverpool in general. So some of these we've covered, some of them we haven't. So uh, Mark M. Bison, 22, looking just at Liverpool's home stats for goal threat. Can Mane or Firmino cover Salah in three of the next four and free up four million quid? I'll get a horse on that. <laughs> You'd like to think so, but I can't see it, to be honest. I mean, Mane obviously had a, a good start to the season with those sort of three double-digit hauls in the first four games, but his goals have been very sparse. I think since game week 11, he's scored twice and had a couple of assists, and, and that's really all to speak of. So the answer there is no. Firmino, obviously, of late uh, has got on the score sheet, but if you discount the... The one game there that he got the hat-trick, um, again, very, very sparse returns. Uh, one goal since weeks since week 15, if you discount the hat-trick. I mean, I'm saying discount the hat-trick very, very, very glibly, but that was just one game. I would say no. I think you you go with Salah, you bite the bullet, you take the... you. you you know, you use the funds that you, on Salah, and then you 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 know spend your money elsewhere. I I would I think you'll be left crying if you try to go Mane and Firmino, and you just watch Salah rack up those double digit hauls all, every week. Yeah, I have, to, I have to agree with that. I think um, I've tried to get around the issue of Salah all season with Mane, Shakiri, but you just can't beat that consistency. And when he goes, you know, when he goes crazy with the finishing, then you, you tend to drop. So I'm I'm very much pro Salah now, Iceman. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I mean, three for three. Firmino was active, but yeah, he's shooting from range. He's dropping too deeper as well, and he's more of a midfielder. So yeah, not for me. Okay, um, and then we've got uh, the next question here from Slack uh, and NT abroad. Uh, assuming most people either have or will move for Salah and Robbo combo this week, is it worth going for a third Liverpool assist? If so, who's the best best option? Allison versus Virgil Van Dijk, Gomez. Or what about a punt on Shakiri with the Reds? Good fixtures. I think you just need to go safe. If you want to go a third, Liverpool, because like I say, most got Salah and Robbo. I would go VVD or Allison, And being the cheaper, I'd actually go Allison because VVD doesn't seem to be getting attacking stats at the moment. Just he, he, he can get that though. So maybe he can go for a period with these easy fixtures. But for me, if you can, if you can do it, go Allison. Yeah, horse. I'd agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Allison or VVD. I, I wouldn't go Shakiri. I think his his game time is is very much up in the air. But yeah, I mean, Allison's going to rock up every game. You know that. And and if you're going for the clean sheets, um, he he's not likely to get many save points, but he's pretty much a lock for those six points. VVD, of course, could get a goal here and there, and he has done this season. He's he's got a couple. But um, yeah, I mean, I would tend to go Allison if you want to drop, you know, go minimal funds for for guaranteed results. Okay, um, I'm after a Kane replacement to fund a move from Richarlison to Sterling. I'll have 9.6 million to spend on Firmino, Lacazette, or Jimenez. I've already got Rashford. Ta. <laughs> <laughs> so he's looking for a 9.6 option to spend on. Yeah. So he's, he's got the Firmino options or Lacazette. I'll go Jimenez if I was you. He seems to be out, a little bit out of form at the moment, Jimenez, but 
they can always bring it round. I feel he is very much involved in Wolves' attack, and as we know, he seems to be providing consistent returns just steadily. Like I say, not been informed recently, but he's got the potential, and I'll go down to Jimenez and spread the points in the midfield. I don't think Firmino or Lacazette are worth the money. Yeah, I agree with the ice man there, Horts. Yeah, I'd go with that. I mean, I've got Jimenez and, and Wolves have got a lovely little run of fixtures coming up over the next um, sort of seven or eight weeks. Uh, they don't have, you know, they've got Leicester at home, West Ham at home, Everton away, Newcastle home, Bournemouth away, Huddersfield away, Cardiff home. That's that's your answer. Yeah. Nice. OK, um, well, we've got one from Kevin Sears. So, gents, the popular saying is form over fixtures. This isn't Liverpool. This is the blue side of uh, the Mersey now. Yeah, the popular saying is form over fixtures. In the case of Everton, the fixtures are great, but I don't know where to look for form. Is Pedro a better replacement for Everton assets? No, no. I think if you've got the likes of Charleston or Siggy, I would stick with yeah. them. They've got some pretty decent fixtures. Two goals in the last game. Granted, they didn't play that well and they didn't play that well the game before. But yeah, I do feel... We've got to take the uh, Christmas into hand again. The fact that they may have been a bit leggy over that. They're just getting it back into the swing of things. They've got Southampton, Huddersfield, Wolves and Watford next. I'll just keep hold of them. And Pedro's just a bit more of a, uh, could be a rotation risk as well. You never know when um, Morata or Giroud could start and then Hazard moved out to the, the left and William out to the right. So that's uh, just too much of a rotation risk for me, Pedro. Yeah, horse. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, Pedro's problem is time. There's absolutely no guarantees um, with the amount of time he's going to play on the pitch. Uh, Richarlison, he's pretty much going to do your 90 minutes every week. And as we've as we've said a number of times, I think on the pod already, he's been getting the opportunities. He's had one clear off the line. He at the post this week. Uh, you get a feeling there's there's goals coming for Richarlison. And Pedro's great if he's on the field. Yeah, it, chances are he may get you a goal. But I just think you, with his non-guaranteed playing time, it's just not worth the risk. Okay, yes, so we've got uh, Tafig El Sharif has asked high surgeons and planning to do Ings to Rashford, Sonny to Camarasa, and Tompkins to Arnold for a minus four. What What do you think of that? Well, don't <laughs> go, don't, don't go Tompkins to Arnold. He's don't obviously asked that question pre injury. The other two moves make sense. But yeah, yeah the, the other two, but I think uh, Camarasa's sort of shown a bit more form and consistency recently, and um, Ings, Ings to Rashford, if you can afford that, that's a no brainer. I like those two. Um, I think if you don't have someone like Dean, though, um, exchanging for Tompkins could be a way forward. Nice man. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do the minus four. I'd just, uh, I would leave. It looks like he can do the Ings to Rashford and Sonny to Camera, so I would just leave it at that if I was you. Okay. Hashtag FPL struggle. Love that name. Uh, with most people switching between three premium assets at the minute, do you think it's best to set and forget the premium players you have on your side rather than chase points based on fixtures? Yeah, this is the thing which we've said a few times. If When premium players are scoring big, don't chase them. Like You've got your players in and you've got your premium players in for a reason I would just hang on to them in terms of if you've got like Aubameyang or Hazard I'll just keep them they are going to score big at some point and uh, they do have uh, some good fixtures coming up all of their premium players do have pretty good fixtures coming up so I'll just hang on to them I think that's a simple answer yeah, I think it's one of those things you, you sort of, you make your decision, you know, you, you, you weigh up your decision, you make a decision on which premiums you're going to go for, and then you ride them out. They can score, if you're, if they're premiums, they're premiums for a reason, which means they can score in the big games as well as against the weaker opposition. So, 
you know, moving them out for fixtures doesn't really make a lot of sense. For example, we're talking about Hazard this week. He's likely to do better against Arsenal than he did against Southampton and Newcastle just because of the sort of player he is. He raise, would raise his game for the big occasion. I think the only time when you shift is something that we're facing this week with Harry Kane. He's obviously out for six weeks. That's going to force a shift in your, in your thinking in terms of what premiums you've got. But otherwise, I think you... You make your decision and you stick by that decision. Unless something goes catastrophically wrong, that's that's the way to play it, I would feel. Yeah, I think it's a sensible suggestion, Hortz. Uh, Luis Orgaz has asked Alonso to Luis or VVD, or is TAA a better option based <laughs> on... No, no, just no, he's not there. Uh, but, but, but Luis will know this. Uh, need to free up dollar for Wilson to Rashford, or is there a better way to do this? Hashtag see my team. Alonso to Louise then, or Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, I, I still think it's difficult. Isn't it? Chelsea can still return some good clean sheets there. So it'd be interesting to know if they've already got Robertson. I think if they've got Robertson, then having David Louise isn't a bad option to swap Alonso for, because at the moment, really, you've just got him for clean sheets. Um, Iceman, what do you think about this? I think the, the Louise move is good. He, Louise is putting some free balls into box. He, he's getting assists lately as well. And... You know, Chelsea got some good fixtures coming up. Obviously, they've got Arsenal next, which I hope we will score in. But yeah, the, the, I can see some clean sheets from them after that. They've got some pretty easy fixtures after that. But I wouldn't, a lot of people are looking at removing Alonso. I, this is the point where I would actually think about moving him in. I looked at them in the last game. They didn't have anything up front, did they? Like Hazard wasn't involved very much. Um, and then you just found that Alonso was just moving into the striker position. And I was just like, well, this could be start of the season all over again and people all moving him out but who knows this I reckon this could be the time to, to start moving him in oh don't say that Iceman that just makes it even worse <laughs> you just moved him out so, yeah. stop rubbing it in <laughs> honestly right. if, I, if I could get Alonso I feel like I would bring him in this week yeah Ian what do you think of this <laughs> <laughs> just oh it's it's horrible, it's horrible. <laughs> um, yeah i mean so i mean yeah i mean the, the move to louise louise is actually getting more returns than, than alonso is at the moment he's obviously as you said you rightly say he's got a couple of assists over the last three weeks he scored a goal a few weeks ago alonso i mean he's where he is in terms of the um the overall scoring because of what he did in the first three weeks where he returned double figures in each of those weeks he's really flattered to deceive he he he's had chances and everything like that but it just looks as though the final ball is lacking whereas last year the crosses were landing he was he was on more free kicks and that sort of stuff and he was more involved it strikes me he hasn't got that same involvement and you know in terms of returns in terms of attacking returns i mean i'm looking back here his last attacking return was an assist in week 11 he's so due. we're going back he's we're due. going back he's due don't but, get rid of him he's due <laughs> Okay, I'll, he scores I mean, against Arsenal, so he always scores against Arsenal. He is getting a goal in this next game. Mark my well, words. I, I hope he, I hope for your sake he does, but for my <laughs> sake he doesn't, because it's just going to make it even worse. No, I don't want him to, but I just feel like he will. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, gentlemen, let's uh, take a pee break and resume shortly. Cue elevator music. Oh God. Ladies and gentlemen, and loyal listeners to the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast, he's had his piss. 
So please welcome back the awesome editor of the surgery, the legend that is the Iceman. <laughs> uh, it always gets better and better every time. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Absolutely superb. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, Hortz, actually, let, let's uh, roll on from that because uh, yeah, th- that was a request from TC for you to uh, get him back again. So always a TC, pleasure, Mister Campbell. Always TC, a pleasure. TC, hope, hope you're uh, happy with that hashtag write up there from TC. Uh, M Bison had asked. Can Hawks do some impersonations of well-known FPL candidates like Mark, John T, or Andy? Do you know what? I saw that, and I thought, if only I was still listening to the Scout. And it was like, I, I haven't listened to the Scout for a while. So I, I, I've got nothing really to, to listen to the guys on. If you'd asked me six months ago, I probably would have said yes, but I'm going to politely decline. Sorry. Aww. <laughs> Aww. I, need, I, need, I, need more, I need more than a few hours to work on those boys. But maybe next, maybe next time I'm on, I'll work on them for you. Beautiful. Okay, we'll keep the request coming for Hawks next time. Um, and uh, FPL Red Eagle has put, love the FPL Hawks pods, looking forward to it. And I don't think it's disappointed. So, chaps, let's get into transfers and captains then. So, Hawks, we know what your transfer has been <laughs> this week, heartbreakingly. So, let's skip that. Who, who are you putting the armband well, on? Well, no, well, I, I, in terms of transfers, I... I I was going to go big, actually, this week. It's one of those go big or go home weeks. Obviously, Kane out for Rashford, Snodgrass out potentially for Sane, and Marshall out for Ali, giving me a midfield of Ali, Pogba, Salah, Sane, and Richarlison going into this week. Um, I'm still tempted. It'll be a minus eight, and it means putting Alexander-Arnold on my bench and staring at him. Um, but that's still a possibility. Okay. Iceman? Yeah, my, my chance is obviously I've got the Kane problem because he's injured and it was looking at those strikers and the only one which I felt like I had any faith in scoring points over the next six is Aubameyang. Looking at the likes of Guerrero as well, but it's Aubameyang for me because I, I know that he's going to play game week 27, so I'm bringing him him and I don't know whether to hold on to Anderson for this week against Bournemouth or move him out for Pogba who's playing Brighton at home. So that is my conundrum, whether or not I'll do that or not, I will uh, let you know next pod. Noish. Um, and, oh, and your, sk- cap- your skipper? Yeah, Captain Salah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I've got the armband on Salah at the moment. My dilemma again, Kane problem. Seriously thinking, just going straight swap for Aguero. I'm fairly happy with the midfield that I've got for the uh, the upcoming one to two game weeks. So I will likely just go for Sergio, the big man up top, because I think he's also very captainable. The other way I will go is downgrading him to Rashford and then upgrading Richarlison or Anderson to probably a City player. I really want some City coverage over the next few weeks, and it'll probably be Leroy Sane out of all of them. Nice. So uh, let's go through the uh, the surgery mini league then. So our top 10 for the week then. Um, just to note, Hawks Ruds, uh, recently on the podcast, just outside the top 10. Our top 10 for the week though, Alison Wonderland, Mark Muse up to 10th uh, in 9th place, T Club 64, Alan Pache, uh, 8th place, Smelly Sane, Rory Scott, 7th, uh, Sky Player in FPL, Paul Jones, up to 6th, James Ango for the Sick Notes, 5th place, Mangyang, Marziang DFC, that's Shailesh Jakal, 4th place, trying to give up Fanta, Michael Taylor has dropped from the top now, 
Uh, Adida Oscar, Nate Thomas third, Lacazette deck, Andy Nolan is second, and the Miners strike, Will Miners, is in first place. So a bit of a shuffle up there. Yeah, it is. He's um, 27th overall, so well done, Will. Very, well done, Will. Very strong from you, sir. Uh, Iceman. Do we have any sexy thoughts? We do have some sexy thoughts. I will play it now on my loud new Googleplex XL. FPL sexy with sexy thoughts. Too long. This week's sexy thoughts goes out to the FPL surgery Patreon Slack channel. More specifically, the dad's joke channel that we've started up recently. It's hilarious. I love checking in there in the morning to have a laugh before I start my day. It's a great way to start your day. Some of the dumb jokes us guys throw around are ridiculously dumb and makes me laugh even more. It's just a great place to be, that Slack channel. Uh, the tips. All the new guys too. King Kev, Jeremiah, the Hitman, Matt, Stephen. Everyone's a legend in there. I love checking into the Slack channel. Even if I don't do FPL, I check into the Slack channel just to see how everyone's doing. It's great fun. Ew! Brett loves the Slack channel. It's all dad jokes in there right now. Some very <laughs> impressive ones coming through as well. Some of them I can't read uh, on here. No, you definitely uh, can't. <laughs> shuffling through. Well, Iceman, we've also had some... Thank you again, uh, Brett. Excellent stuff. Always good to have his uh, words finishing the pot off. Just finally, some feedback from Lone Wolf at Pele. Uh, Liu Slander, coming home for a rather tough day at work, suddenly improved by this gem in the mailbox, and that is them bearing an FPL surgery mug uh, thank you very much, FBL Sergio. We'll be putting it into use now. What's old from the latest pod? Yeah, hope he, you enjoyed the episode, Lone Wolf. He is in our Patreon league, and he won the monthly prize. So that is uh, one of our mugs, and I've got another one going out at the end of this month. Great stuff, Iceman. Yeah, lots of opportunities to win stuff in the Slack channel and stuff just join and supporting us. Stuff and things and, and bits. Yeah. Um, and if you want to get involved with anything FPL Surgery, uh, patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery to give us some support. Uh, join our mini league, uh, 225-369. Website is fplsurgery.com. Find us on SoundCloud, uh, Facebook, and Reddit. Most of our activity goes on Twitter at FPL Surgery, and you can also subscribe on iTunes and give us a rating on there. Let us know what you like and what you don't. And finally, info at FPLsurgery.com for all email. Right, that brings us to the end of another FPL Surgery. I'd like to thank our guest, Horts, once again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Always a pleasure. If uh, if people want to follow up with questions or just generally be involved with you in the FPL community, how can they do that, Horts? Yeah, sure. I'm at FPL underscore Horts. That's H-O-U-G-H-T-S. I've got 928 followers. Be lovely to get over a grand this season. Uh, But yeah, fire any questions at me. If I, uh, when I have a chance, I will answer as many as I possibly can for you. Top man. Yeah, let's get Horts to 1,000 followers. Uh, thanks for joining us again, Horts. Iceman, any uh, final words of wisdom to take people into this coming game week? Nope. Great. Thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody, once again. Hope you found it helpful. We'll look forward to speaking to you in the next game week. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod.
New techno. Nice. Done by 11. Oh, hey, that's not bad. Considering the time we started, that's not bad. I know. Considering all the technical issues. I can't, can't believe even now we're having technical issues and stuff. So, and things. As you said, it adds a nice, it, it's nice to get a flow through. It's, it, it's sometimes with the games, it can be a little bit bitty, can't it? Stop, start, and that sort of stuff. Although I, li I like the game format, I must admit.